If you're a young family looking to get on this path of financial freedom or independence, one of the biggest challenges that you probably have is finding a way to stay on top of your money while taking care of all the important things. Today, we're going to talk about different ways to manage your money, time-saving apps to make it easier to stay on top of your finances, and an automated system to make savings much easier. Welcome to Simplify and Enjoy, the podcast and community focused on helping families have less stress and more options through minimalism and financial independence. I'm your host, Elle Martinez. This podcast is sponsored by Coastal Credit Union. Coastal's mission is to help you live a better life by offering you a better way to bank. Find out how at bankbetter.org. I've been in the personal finance space for almost 10 years. Besides running Couple Money and now Simplify and Enjoyed, I've written for other sites many times talking about family and finances. And when people read the articles, listen to the podcast, or maybe a friend finds out what I do, many assume that my husband and I talk about money. A lot. But that's not the case. For us, money is a tool that we use to reach our goals. Whether it's deciding where to live, being able to work from home, having more time with the kids, and and saving up enough to become financially free or even independent, all of these things require that we stay on top of our finances. The big question we're personally tackling is how can we work towards becoming financially independent while raising our kids? We're grateful that so far we've managed to pay off debts like the car loan and student loans, which gives us more options to save and invest our money. And we've been able to explore options like working from home because we have this buffer. A big part of the how is through pursuing minimalism and financial independence. But as we've taken this journey as parents and as a couple, we've also had to make some choices that may differ from what's typically shown in the media. Yes, we're above average savers. Wasn't always the case, but we've also pulled back at times because we want to enjoy the now with our little ones. While financial independence is a goal we're trying to reach, it is not the main goal. Really, this is about time. Time for us to enjoy with our little ones while they're still little. And then, of course, in the future, they have more options. So if we need to do a career change or we want to volunteer more or we just need to be there for one another, we can. And so when I tell people we're pursuing financial independence, I kind of cringe a little bit because there's this idea of what we should be doing versus what we do. I mean, we have cut back on eating out, but we're still foodies. We love going to restaurants occasionally and trying out different cuisines. Travel is a part of our budget. And while we've taken on some DIY projects and learned some skills around the house, we're also completely comfortable calling in contractors or even splurging on some tech we know we'll use and enjoy. We're trying to find this balance between raising our kids while being wise with our time and money. So if your parents looking to give your family more options, looking to design a life that reflects more of what you love, simplify and enjoy is for you. And I do believe that exploring different journeys and ideas can help all of us find a path that fits us and our circumstances, which is why I'm grateful that I have my buddy Brianna joining me. 
So the funny thing is I've known Brianna for a few years and my girls and her daughter are buddies, but we've hardly talked about money. It's just never come up in our conversation. But after we started talking about the challenges of working from home, we found out what each other did. And I discovered that they're also trying to find that balance of staying on top of their money while raising their little one. My name is Brianna. I am a busy wife and mom of one little girl. Um, I'm 28, three years in marriage, so we're still kind of learning things, um, financing and trying to get on the right track. So, um, yeah, we are now a new homeowner. We just moved into our home last November. And while we were just having this chat, I discovered we had another thing in common, where we banked. Yes, been a Coastal member. That was my first banking account I ever opened with Coastal. Um, actually, when me and Daryl, my husband, got married, uh, we set up a joint account together with Coastal. And also, um, when we need to go through a loan for the homeowners, we also went through Coastal. So uh, I like the bank. Um, I've been with it for several years, and it's, uh, and they're very efficient. I did not plan for that. But I do think this brings up a good point. Where you bank does matter. When we were first married, we were at a bank, one of the big ones. And to be honest, the main reason we opened a joint account with them was that I already had an account. It wasn't fantastic, but it wasn't bad. And believe it or not, the problem started when we opened our joint account. So my previous checking account was for students. And so there were limitations, but there also weren't a lot of fees. And when we opened the joint account, it came with balance minimums, maintenance fees, and at some points, really bad customer service. Long story short, we felt like the bank just saw our account number and not us. It was frustrating getting on the phone and sorting out some of the issues, and that was just with the two of us. When you have kids, it's even more of a headache, and it's not really worth your time and money to be nickeled and dimed with fees. So fed up, we moved our money eventually, discovered Coastal. Wherever you bank, make sure that you feel like you are partners in this, that they're not just hitting you with fees, and that if you need help, if you have a question, they are ready to give you the answer that you need, and they can give you advice that benefits you both short-term and in the long-term. They're not just looking to open accounts, but rather helping you move closer to your goals. So that's a crucial part with any money system, making sure you're happy with who you bank with. The second part is how you manage your money. Are you going all in with joint accounts? Are you easing it with merging your finances? Are you trying to keep it a mix of joint and personal accounts? And with some couples, you could definitely both be involved in everything with the bills, investments, and savings. But typically I notice with many couples and families, there's one go-to person that handles the day-to-day stuff. So we did get the joint account through coastal um, and so we kind of ahead of time budgeted what our expenses would be as far as bills because that's where um, when we do get any checks it goes to our personal account and also to our joint account so um, that's kind of how we set it up and we have everything as far as the joint account that is strictly for bills and also for food we do have a main person who pays all the bills, which is my husband, but, um, so he's the one who usually, you know, gets that taken care of 
every month. He actually enjoys that. So I let him. I would say for the most part throughout our marriage, I've been the go-to person when it comes to setting up bill pays, doing the quarterly checkups on investments, and also just setting up the monthly budgets. But when you are busy with work and the kids, it's hard to set aside time to go over the numbers. So to keep us in the loop with one another, we try to go on money dates. And it's these relaxed ways to review our goals first and then track our money without pouring over spreadsheets or stressing over every single dollar. And a big reason why it's easy to manage our money and even to check the numbers with all of the accounts that we have is because there are so many different apps out there that just make it easy to track. And through the years, as we grew and hit goals like knocking out debt, saving for a house, investing more, we've tried different ones. So which one is the perfect app? Well, if you're expecting me to give you that one app that will do it all, I won't. That's because the perfect system is the one that's aligned to your goals and your approach to finances. When that happens, you're more likely to stick with it. Consistency is key. You'll find a more detailed list included in the show notes and on Simplify and Enjoy. But I want to highlight some advantages of a few popular money management apps and systems so you can get an idea if it's something that would be the right fit for your situation. The first one is Mint. This is very visual based and this is great if you are watching your budget in particular. Perhaps you're doing really well with sticking with the budget, but you feel like you could be doing more, you could be saving more, and you have these one or two categories you want to keep track of. Mint is a great tool for that. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum is personal capital. If the two of you already have several accounts open between you and you have investments from work and you just need a place to track everything, personal capital has some fantastic tools that you can use to also lower the fees with your investments. And then there's Tiller. So for our monthly budget, we have a spreadsheet that we use and we've been adjusting throughout the years. The great thing about Tiller is that you can take whatever customized spreadsheet that you have and currently using in love, you can put it with Tiller and then they pull the data for you with the transactions. So I think it's the best of both worlds. You get a completely customized budget and a tool that automates pulling the transactions for you. If you're looking for a complete overhaul of your budget because it's not working for you or you're struggling to keep with the budget month to month, you should look at You Need a Budget or YNAB. There are a ton of resources on the site to help you learn how to budget better. And along those same lines, if you're looking for not just an easy app to budget, but a system for how to approach budgets, look at every dollar. If you use Dave Ramsey's Baby Step Plans, this integrates seamlessly with that. And then finally, with couples, you might want to look at Zeta. It's designed specifically for couples so you can share everything or share some of the accounts based on what you guys have discussed and want to work out. Like I said, this is not a complete list, but those are some popular options out there right now with solid communities behind them. And that's important because typically when you're a family that's exploring minimalism and financial independence, you're making different choices than most families around you. It's wonderful having that support network because there are going to be pivot points, times where maybe you've accomplished a goal and now you're trying to figure out your next steps. 
That's what Brianna and Dara are kind of doing right now since they bought their house. Yeah, so with that, we do also um, have a certain amount that comes out of our check into that savings, into a savings account. So we do have that automatically. What we're really trying to work on is we do have a joint account and everything, and that does go towards bills and also with food, but sometimes I feel like we're a little bit frivolous with it. Like we're not always sticking to that. I feel like we need to, you know, be a little bit more strict with our spending. Um, We like to eat out and stuff. So right now we're working on trying to get a better method to start saving. I see that we tend to um, spend more than we should, and it could have been saved if we would have um, planned it out better. So our goal is to really try to um, manage our money, um, stick to what we say we're going to buy, what we say we're going to eat, which is so hard. But um, when we look at, you know, the house account, it's like we would have had more if we would have stuck to it. So that's definitely a big goal we're trying to work on. I totally got what Brianna was saying. I remember when we finally paid off the student loans, there was this period where we slacked off with our budget. There were no crazy purchases or big expenses we jumped into, but no longer having that specific goal that we were working towards kind of threw us off our game. And you could see that with our spending. So I totally understand that with Brianna and Daryl. You know, they brought a house, which is a huge goal and obviously meant making sacrifices to save enough to purchase. But when you hit that goal, it's to relax a little bit with the budget. But if you're pursuing financial freedom or independence, you have to figure out how are we going to keep focused? If it's not this milestone of paying off debt or purchasing, how do we keep each other motivated? And again, it goes back to having these regular check-ins like money dates, it gives you an opportunity to lay out your next steps, to sometimes take a breather and to sit down and talk about your why. What looks different now, now that you're older, now that the kids are older, what season of life you're in, and then adjust accordingly. However you two manage your money, make sure that you have a system that is not just reflecting your goals, but also your values. And that to me is one of the best things about pursuing financial freedom. This segment is brought to you by Coastal Credit Union. If you're looking for better options with banking, please check out Coastal. They have some competitive rates, especially with their savings account. You can find out more at bankbetter.org. Before we wrap up, I want to share some more tips on finding a financial system that works for you, specifically with savings. And my guest today is a savings black belt. Joe Mecca from Coastal shares how he saves and optimizes his accounts. We set a goal around really per pay period, um, how much I'd like to set aside for savings and and really to get me toward my long-term goals. Um, But I update that amount or that calculation monthly and look at it for the whole year um, to kind of smooth through the different ups and downs, Um, especially the first half of the year is always up and down for me. We've got some, um, yeah, I, I sold some vacation time earlier in the year, and then you know we had our our annual our annual bonus uh, 
program paid out. So, okay, now it's a little high, but then tax time came and it took it in the opposite direction. So I'm trying to try to find out where it, you know, smooths out. So I find it's best to look at it over the course of as, you know, as much time as you can, you can look at. Yeah. And I know we've talked before about your budget system and everything, but you're a big believer of pay yourself first. So for you guys, when you have that paycheck hit the deposit, how do you split that up with your savings goals? The first thing I want to do is I want to take advantage of, um, you know, all of the tax advantage programs that are available to me, uh, especially if they're employer based. So, you know, I contribute to my 401k um, and I try to do that before, you know, before anything else. And fortunately I've reached the point in my career where now, now I can max out my 401k contribution. You know, it took me, took me years and years and years to get there just doing, you know, percent increases each year. Um, but now, you know, max out that 401k contribution and that takes advantage of the matching that my employer provides as well. So that goes into that. Um, I also contribute to our HSA account. Um, we have a high deductible health plan um, that enables me to contribute to a health savings account. So I make sure that, you know, the most I can contribute to my health savings account automatically comes on my paycheck, goes to that health savings account. Um, I do set aside money out of my checking account um, that goes into a Roth IRA. And I try to max that out as well. Um, you know, even though I'm paying tax on it in the, in the, you know, short term, that'll be able to grow tax deferred and won't have to worry about, you know, paying tax when I withdraw from that. So, uh, set aside that and that gets auto drafted out of my account every, you know, twice a month. Uh, but I budget for that each time. Um, yeah, then I take care, then I take care of my, my bills, my expenses, so make sure the bills are paid and I keep those in a separate account. Um, but then I do move money into a money market account that's more my short-term savings um, or even a little bit further. Like I'm currently saving for a new car, so money for the new car gets set aside into that. Um, but one of my tricks is, you know, I budget my spending money weekly. Um, and, I have, and I have two two real, like, I you know, I do it electronically through an app, but envelope system. I've got my discretionary spending. That's my, you know, my weekly spend. That's money I've given myself permission to spend. Um, but I've also got money um, that I, you know, kind of let roll week over week over week. And that's kind of you know, things that I know might come up in the short term, but I don't, might not necessarily need the money for it this week, but it probably will be next week or the week after that. I just let that accumulate. So, um, but what I do with those is, you know, Wednesday comes, it's, you know, Wednesday's, Wednesday's a start of my budget week Wednesday comes around and that spending money number resets so if I didn't spend all the money I gave myself to spend I go and I'll transfer that money from my checking account to my money market account and that's just a little bit extra it's money I gave myself permission to spend but I didn't spend it rather than roll it to the next week and spend it next week I'll put that aside and that goes into my savings um, you know the other amount where I said okay here's some money that I yeah I know might be a car, you know, something to do with my car or a bill that's, you know, monthly or bi-monthly. Um, I'll put that money separately and let that accumulate. Um, but even then, if that money gets a little bit, you know, more than I need for the short, short term, I'll even pull some out of there, put extra into savings. Um, and then on that account that I have for bill pay, I always like to put a little cushion on each of those bills. You know, I estimate what each bill is going to be per month, but if you round up 
you know, to the nearest $5 here and there, you might find that at the end of every month, you've got $30 extra. So every once in a while, I'll rebalance that account and say, okay, here's what I'm forecasted to pay out in bills over the next month. And here's how much is in the account. Well, that means I can transfer 60 or $70 to a savings account. So that's just a little bit extra that I get to roll over into a savings. You have a system. <laughs> so you've always been a saver. I've, I've always been a saver. I've always, but I had, to, I had to start small too. You know, I remember when I was first starting out working retail and I used to, my dad used to make fun of me because I used to write it down in a little notebook and try to keep track of everything before I discovered the beauty of spreadsheets. Um, but it was, all, it, and for me, it was a fear of running out of money. You know, it wasn't about, I want to, I want to save up. I want to have a lot of, no, it was about, I'm afraid of spending too much money. And I wanted to keep my saving, you know, my spending under control. Um, and in doing that, learn that I can save and save a little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit here. Um, and it, it adds up over time. Um, and then I found as, you know, as I went through my career and you know, got promoted and got raises, I use those as opportunities to, okay, let's, let's put more towards savings rather than more towards spending. Um, and not get into that lifestyle inflation that comes with, you know, suddenly you're making more money. Well, you don't necessarily have to spend more money if you're comfortable with the lifestyle you're living. You, know, you might increase it a little bit, put the rest toward you know, boosting those saving vehicles that you have available to you. Special thanks to Brianna and Joe for being a part of the show. If you want to check out the tools we mentioned or ask a question, please go to the show notes over at simplifyandenjoy.com. And if you're in the Triangle area here in North Carolina and you're looking for a better option for your finances, please check out Coastal. You can go to bankbetter.org to get all the details. Next week on the podcast, we're talking about financial independence. People love the idea of retiring early, right? Who doesn't? But what's the real scoop? How can families arrange their finances so they can become financially independent, especially when they're not making high six-figure income? So if you don't want to miss out on this episode, make sure you're subscribed. Music this episode was provided by Lee Rosevear. Finally, and most importantly, thank you for joining in on this new adventure and podcast. If you have friends that are also trying to get their finances squared away while raising young kids, please share the show with them. I want to make this a community that supports one another during our journeys. I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care.